It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Smith rifles that one to Mims. And that's a foot race. He's going to win. Touchdown, Baylor. Denzel Mims with another monster score of 70 yards. Five straight games, Anthony, where he's got a touchdown catch of over 20. That's deflected. And into the middle of that line and it's a touchdown big return for Crowder 85 yards there was contact with a quarterback and it's incomplete they got pressure on Prescott it was Adams who came blitzing in he'll hit immediately when he got the handoff you know and what? it's <laughs> the Q-inator. oh my gosh listen thank you from the TOJ Digital Studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at Play Like a Jet One. And we're going to review the offseason with one of my favorite guests, and not just because he has by far the best taste in music on the Jets beat. He covers the Jets for the Associated Press, Mr. Dennis Wazak Jr. Dennis, thanks for coming back on the show, man. You got it, Scott. How how you doing, man? I'm doing better now that I look at the Jets roster and see a massive man ready to be the bodyguard for Sam Darnold in 2020 and hopefully well beyond that. That, of course, is Makai Becton, who is the number 11 overall pick in the 2020 NFL Draft. Dennis, what did you think of that pick? Oh, I I love that pick. You know, I mean, on paper, it, it looks great. And, uh, you know, once you see him you know, in person and, you know, none of us have, uh, obviously, uh, you know, because of uh, everything going on, but I, I think, um, the guy's athletic, he's big, uh, and, you know, I think he's, he's a perfect fit, uh, for what the Jets are trying to do. And that's to have a guy who will be uh, a protector, a guy who will be able to, to be there in front of Sam Darnold for years to come. And, uh, and, you know, Scott, and I think you probably have seen this too. I, one thing that I really like on uh, on Twitter uh, and social media with him is that he's all in already. You know, he's like one of the biggest like cheerleaders for the Jets, just in terms of of you know guys signing, like when Frank Gore signed. Like you know, he's all excited, um, and I think that's that's a big uh, positive for him that this guy is excited about this opportunity. Um, he knows what it means, and he knows what he will mean to this organization, this franchise moving forward. And, um, yeah, I mean, you, when you looked at some of those offensive linemen, um, some of the options that were, were there, and then some of them came off, it just I, I think this was the guy, though. This was this was the guy that they needed. And, um, you know, we'll see moving forward. But, yeah, I, lo- I love the pick, and I, I think Sam Darnold loved the pick. I, I think – the Jets and the, their fans will will look back at this pick and and be happy, at, you know that that this guy ended up at number eleven. You have to figure that Sam Darnold was looking at Makai Becton and Cameron Clark, who was picked in the fourth round, guys that could be the eventual twin towers here for the Jets, just knocking dudes over for the next decade for Sam Darnold. He had to have a smile on his face watching that on draft night, right? Yeah, I, I think, um, and you you bring up you know knocking dudes around, and that's the thing. You know, they both have a nastiness to them, um, you know, on the field, and and I think that's important. I think that's kind of what they 
they want to bring back. Uh, you know, it's, this is a, obviously a new regime and that kind of thing. But when you when you think about some of the guys the Jets have had over the years and and uh, success, you know, to the side, um, you know, but when they had like a, a Breno Giacomini and Willie Colon, those were guys that you know weren't afraid to mix it up. You know, you you want a consistent uh, play and a good play out of the out of your offensive line, but you also like to have that that edge, you know, and that nastiness. And I think those two guys will bring that. And they've shown that that's kind of their style. And, and they talked about it after they were drafted, um, that, that they enjoy that. In fact, those guys have uh, talked about it. They've, uh, they've worked out in the past and um, they have similar styles. So, so that, that's kind of nice to know that you're going to have some guys who will bring it, you know, uh, and, and won't be afraid to mix it up as long as you know, they're not penalized for it. And that, that's been a long, as, as you know, a, been a problem with guys over the years. So if they could be nasty and they could push people around within the rules, like it, these guys will be fan favorites for a long time. We knew going into this draft, Dennis, that the two biggest areas of weakness on the offense were offensive line and wide receiver. Cameron Clark and Mekhi Becton hopefully will help the Jets in the offensive line area. But as far as wide receiver, they went out and they got Denzel Mims. Now, not only did they get him in the second round where a lot of people thought he wouldn't be available, but they traded down from 48 to 59 picked up extra picks in the process because they got an extra pick, which they then flipped for extra picks on top of that later on. So talk to me a little bit about your thoughts on the Denzel Mims pick. I thought it was a fantastic pick, a guy that has the potential to be a real keeper for Darnold in this offense for a long time. And on top of that, I wanted to ask you about whether or not you were surprised that that was the only wide receiver they drafted because many thought that they would double dip and they didn't. Yeah, I think um, it was slick, you know, what Joe Douglas did there by uh, trading down and still getting the guy that a lot of people wanted the Jets to get in the first place. You know, that that was um, that was some pretty good draft work right there. And, um, you know, getting that the the pick and uh, getting a guy who um, will help. You know, this this is this is a talent. This guy obviously uh, should be able to help, Um, you know, you get a guy with his size and his physical ability uh, and the potential. And I think that that's the key uh, because there's still a lot there um, and, and that they're, they're looking at for him to kind of expand on that talent, that overall skill. Um, but yeah, I mean, how can you not be excited about having that guy? So now you've, you've added, so you look at Sam Darnold and he's your franchise guy. Okay. That's, that's your guy. Now you, you have, a wide receiver that you think can build a rapport moving forward over the next several years. And you have one, maybe two offensive linemen um, that, you know, could be guys that are part of that wall in front of them. So, yeah, I I mean, that, that pick, um, you know, it it was funny also monitoring it. Uh, on Twitter and just seeing some of the people, uh, you know, who really wanted Mims at that point. And then they didn't take him. Uh, they traded out of that spot and then they get the spot and they get him back. And it was like, okay, oh man, we should have gotten him. Okay. We got him anyway. And, you know, it just, it was kind of funny to see that, um, you know, that like, okay, you know, this guy's kind of slick, Joe Douglas, you know, getting that, <laughs> that, uh, that extra pick and still getting his guy. So um, I was surprised uh, that they didn't 
get another wide receiver. I thought for sure, you know, that one of those fourth round picks would be a, a you know, a wide out, um, somebody who could help in the, uh, the, you know, the passing game. Um, it was a little, you know, surprised that they took the running back and, and obviously the quarterback um, in Morgan. But, um, you know, I think that'll be one of the things that they're going to have to address moving forward as well. You know, just kind of who's in that mix. Um, you know, maybe they just didn't think um, at that point that somebody who would be an instant, instant uh, contributor, um, you know, was worth taking at that point as far as a wide receiver. So, uh, but yeah, I, w- I was surprised that they didn't um, double dip um, at that position, um, you know, a couple of rounds later. There were two picks that had people scratching their heads, but for different reasons, I think. With Ashton Davis, the safety, it wasn't about the talent. It was about the fact that safety is considered a strength, and the Jets went and used one of their high picks on that position. And then, later on, a quarterback, Captain Morgan, I think a lot of people felt like it was a weird move to pick a quarterback there when you have Sam Darnold, who's only 22 years old, and it's the fourth round, and you could potentially pick somebody that could start at another position. What do you think of those two picks? Obviously very different because Davis will come in right away and probably be slated to start in 2021 if Marcus May moves on, whereas you're hoping that Captain Morgan never has to play. So two very different situations. But what would you think of those two picks? Yeah, it, no doubt. I, I think um, with with Ashton Davis, um, at first, when, when the pick is made, you, you kind of have to just look at what he is. You know, what, what does he do? And then... Um, you're reading scouting reports on the guy and you're hearing things on, on uh, NFL network or ESPN about the type of player he is. And then you realize why it made so much sense, his versatility, his physical style, his, his, you know, ability um, to kind of fit into whatever um, scheme that they want to play in terms of Greg Williams, you know, and, and that's a guy that Greg Williams will love. And that, that was the key, you know, that, that he's a guy who, um, could potentially take over as a starter at safety next year, depending on what happens with May, um, you know, even Jamal Adams. Uh, um, and then also on special teams, you know that he'll be an immediate contributor there and, and be a solid guy. And, and he's a guy who um, could potentially take over, you know, that role that Rontez Miles had for so long, you know, as, as a guy who was, was a core special teamer and then a backup at safety. But with the potential now with Davis in being a, a potential starter, you know, and he's got so much speed and athleticism and you see, uh, you know, video of, of what he can do. And, and I'm sure Greg Williams just will love this guy right off the bat, you know, and, um, you know, as far as Morgan, yeah, I, I'm still kind of unsure on, on that pick, why you go in the fourth round and, and take him. And I think that's probably the one pick of the nine guys that I would have a little bit of an issue with, um, you know, as far as, as uh, position, um, you know, and position in the draft, if they wanted to take him in the fifth round, you know, or even later, if he was around like, okay, that's, that's fine. But, but in the fourth round, like we had just talked about, like you would think, okay, are there any wide receivers in that mix who could maybe not this year, but next year uh, be a factor in the offense and, and that kind of thing. But, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see what they, what they do with Morgan. He's, you know, a developmental guy and, um, 
you know, there's still some question marks at that quarterback position because now, obviously, you never want anyone other than Sam to have to play. Um, Obviously, he's missed three games in each of the last, you know, his first two seasons. Um, So a backup, you know, is key, and that's why they went out and they they were able to get Flacco. But even he's uh, probably not going to start the season. So now you're looking at David Fales and Mike White, like who's going to be around. Maybe Morgan, they think, um, long-term, you know, could be a guy who will be able to come in and win a game if they need to, you know. So, um, but fourth round, I thought was a little early. What you think of the other fourth round pick that we haven't talked about yet, LaMichael P. Ryan, the running back out of Florida. Seems like he's a good fit for the system, but not really exceptional in anything, sort of just a guy at running back. And then his teammate, Jabari Zaniga, who was picked the round before with that second, third round pick, that's more of a high upside flash type of guy. He's had injury issues and hasn't been consistent with his production. What do you think overall of the Florida Gators that they picked? Yeah, I, when I, I, you know, I looked at uh, Zaniga, um, you know, he's a guy with a lot of potential. You know, it's almost... Um, kind of the same thing when you're talking about Mims, that there's still a lot there, you know, that, that you expect to get from this guy, you know, and, and that he might be able to produce um, some, you know, some, some exceptional numbers, uh, you know, in, in, you know, maybe not sacks, but, you know, just overall be a guy who could be a force coming off the, the edge and, and, and help in that way. Um, but, but there's a lot unproven there. Um, but I like the pick and I, I think, they like what he can bring to that defense. Um, I, I think um, people are probably a little scared off uh, from, you know, having another edge rusher from Florida just kind of bust last year, Ja'Kai Polite, you know, just <laughs> see what he did. He didn't even make it to week one, you know, and um, I think this guy's a different type player. You know, I think some of his numbers, you know, last year were, were due to, you know, injury and that kind of thing. And so he's been kind of, um, you know, the under the radar pick of, of those first, you know, several picks that the Jets had, uh, because, you know, obviously a lot of people have been talking about Beckton and Mims and, and Davis being the first of, you know, the third rounders, but, um, Zuniga, he, he, he could be like a silent, uh, you know, just kind of, uh, I think, you know, people are talking about steal of the draft. I don't want to go that far, but he could be, you know, a solid contributor, you know, a guy who, okay, maybe they don't need to go after Davian Clowney. Obviously Clowney is, you know, in a class, an absolutely other different class and proven uh, production, but, you know, maybe they feel that this guy could, could do some things where they don't need to pay a Clowney with that, you know, and, and have him, uh, as a third rounder, be able to contribute uh, early. And as far as uh, Perrine, you know, that's a guy also, like you mentioned, like it, not exceptional, you know, but solid um, in a lot of different ways. That's sort of how you might describe Bilal Powell over the last, mm-hmm. you know, nine years or, or however long, it, you know, it's been. He, he just, you know, week in, week out, he, he was able to contribute. He could take over a couple of games. He could come in, provide some bursts. He catch some passes out of the backfield. I think this is the replacement for Bilal Powell, you know, and a guy that uh, will complement the number one back, you know, for now and, you know, see how he develops moving forward. But, um, you know, somebody um, who will be valuable to, to have there with Le'Veon Bell and Frank Gore 
as the one-two punch. And then you have this guy kind of change some things up. It's like good, hard running style guy who could catch uh, passes out of the backfield. So um, yeah, I, I think he's, he'll be a complimentary player uh, for sure. Uh, at least, you know, his first season. While sports can bring us so much joy, it can also bring us a lot of unwanted stress. And that stress can make it difficult to concentrate, relax, and get decent sleep. Sunday Scaries was launched in 2017 by two best friends and business partners, Bo Schmidt and Mike Sill. They operated a full-service bar with 50 employees and were always exhausted. They tried all kinds of products, but they didn't work. Then they started experimenting with CBD. They loved the effects and regained control of their days and nights, but they wanted better CBD products. So what they did for themselves was specially formulate CBD gummies with vitamins D3 and B12 that were super consumable, easy to take on the go, and effective. Long story short, their specially formulated CBD products and vitamins helped relieve the overwhelming angst they felt on a daily basis. So in July 2017, they named the company Sunday Scaries and began sharing their products with friends and launched their online store at sundayscaries.com. With tens of thousands of customers, monthly subscribers, and a 100% money-back guarantee, Sunday Scaries has always been on a mission to transform a worrisome nation into a chill one. And right now, we have a bonus for you. Get 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Again, 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Hey guys, this is Greg Peterson, host of the podcast Hooping with Hoops. Despite the fact that college basketball is in the offseason, it's never too early to get a jump start on taking a look at these teams because there is now 357 of them for the upcoming 2020-2021 college basketball season. I'm going to give you guys a deep dive on every last one of them, keep up with all the transfers in college basketball, and so much more. You are able to subscribe to Hooping with Hoops on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, Greg Peterson here with the Baseball Betting Podcast. As we know, the MLB season is back in our lives. It's going to be a 60-game sprint unlike anything that we've ever seen before. And I'm going to be giving you picks every single day, seven days a week with Major League Baseball. We're also going to be keeping up with the KBO as well. If you like baseball and you like being able to make some money, subscribe to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Talked about Zuniga potentially being a steal in the third round, but what about Bryce Hall in the fifth? This is somebody that many people would have been thrilled for the Jets to get in the third. They get him in the fifth round. We know that it has a lot to do with the injury and the fact that because of what's going on right now, the team doctors couldn't get a look at him. But still, you take a look at the tape of what he did at Virginia the last couple of years, you could make a case that he was one of the best cornerbacks in the entire country. So for the Jets to get a guy like that in the fifth round, you got to be happy about it, right? Yeah, that's for sure. And I think... Um, yeah, you, like you use that word, I use the word, you know, steal that, I mean, for sure could be the case, uh, with him as long as he's healthy. Cause you, you look at the, the current, uh, depth chart and, and the roster and, and what the Jets have at cornerback. And you have this year, you have Brian Poole, Bless Austin, Arthur Millette. They traded for Quincy Wilson. You have some guys there in the mix. And so Bryce Hall doesn't need, to come in and start right away and be that type of player, but he could end up being that type of player. And that's why obviously Logan Ryan would seem to make sense in terms of having a guy who's a proven starter in this league 
move in and then you you can kind of play with certain things. But as far as like Ryan and, and what role that would be, you know, that would be a big question, but you look at a guy like Hall and you know that, that healthy, he was, you know, excellent, an excellent player. Um, So moving forward and thinking for the future, that's a guy that they might, they probably have big plans for. And the fifth round, that's probably just the number. You know, that that's where they were able to get him. But I don't think they look at him as a fifth rounder. I think they look at him as as a guy who could be a fifth rounder who ends up being a guy who will start and be a, a solid player uh, for them, um, you know, for years to come. And, and if you use all those guys and, and you, you look at that, that that's going to be one heck of a competition if and when they ever have a training camp, you know, that's still up in, up in the air, you know, we'll see what happens there. But I, I think uh, obviously the offensive line is, is something to look at with the 17 guys on the line competing for spots, but they have 10 cornerbacks and there's, there's a lot of talent there. And I, I think, um, you know, if Hall is uh, healthy, he'll, he'll give himself, he'll put himself in position to, to really uh, be able to contribute to this team and, and, and make himself be a part of the future for the Jets. So, yeah, I, 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 lo- I love that pick. I think, I think there's nothing not, you know, th- you know to not like uh, about, um, you know, getting that guy with that type of experience and, and um, you know, playmaking ability in the fifth round. Dennis, you know what kind of reminds me of? Now, obviously, we have to see how it works out, but I'm talking about just the potential. A little bit like Lavernius Coles, because you remember Lavernius Coles coming out of Florida State. He dropped in the draft because of what had happened off of the field. And to rehash, essentially, he and Peter Warwick got into trouble because somebody gave him a discount on clothes. It really wasn't that big of a deal, and there was a lot of miscommunication about it. He ended up getting kicked out of school, whereas Peter Warwick only got a suspension. But Coles was somebody that had first-round talent. He dropped to the third and turned out to be a really good wide receiver for the Jets for a long time. Now, he went to Washington for a little bit. But for the most part, his career was with the Jets, and he was extremely valuable as a wide receiver. Not an elite player, but still, for where they got him, very great value. And I think the same thing could potentially happen with Hall if he becomes that kind of player. I think if Hall could become the Lavernius Coles of cornerbacks, most Jets fans would be pretty happy, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, And remember what Lavernius did. Uh, for a few years with the Jets, uh, you know, the numbers that, that the reception numbers that he had and, mm-hmm. and just being a reliable, uh, you know, a pass catcher. Um, if this guy can come in and look, nobody's going to be Darrell Rivas, you know, and I, I think that was one of the uh, misperceptions when the Jets went out and brought Tremaine Johnson in that, oh, they're getting an elite cornerback, uh, you know, to, to kind of fill in that void. Uh, for Darrell Rivas, nobody's going to be that guy. But what you hope to get is a guy who week in, week out, you could put out there and is going to um, challenge wide receivers and, and not, you know, be um, a weak link, you know, and and the Jets have had too many of those over the years and especially over the the most recent uh, seasons. So you hope that this guy could be somebody who can go out there healthy 16 games compete and be a guy who uh, on, you know, in a given game might shut down a guy and might, you know, 
uh, cause offensive coordinators to, to push this, the game to the other side of the field and that sort of thing, um, you know, and not take as, as many shots down there. So there's a lot of that potential, you know, and I think that's part of the whole thing that Joe Douglas is trying to build here at, at all different positions. There, there are guys that um, we might not know for sure, and some of these guys are gambles um, and, and, you know, not – big money gambles, but guys that might pay off, you know, guys that might um, be, you know, hidden gems. And, and I know uh, Jets fans are, are, you know, just, they, they want sure things. They want to win, you know, and, and, and you know, deservedly so it's been way too long, but these are the kind of things that I think Joe Douglas brings to the table with the way he's approaching it. And, you know, a guy like, like Hall, bringing him in and, and finding some of these guys who, who might not have been on people's radars um, and, and might have slipped through the cracks, you know, and, you know, Davis and Zuniga, um, you know, and even getting the punter in, you know, in, in, in the sixth round. Like now you don't have to worry about that. You know, you, like, like theoretically you won't have to worry about the punter. And if it's up to, you know, it, the Jets like vision that you won't have to worry about the punter for the next several years. You know, and, and that's it's all like bits and pieces. It's all the building blocks. So, so yeah, I mean, were all the questions answered? No, no, they weren't, and not in free agency or the draft. But I think um, just putting a team and a roster together that starts to fit the image and and kind of the the philosophy of Joe Douglas. I think you're seeing it in some of those guys, like we just mentioned. Seems to be the case with Quincy Wilson as well, right? Because they trade the number 211 pick, and the idea would be you could pick somebody there, but Quincy Wilson is somebody with more upside than the guy that you're probably going to pick at 211. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, maybe uh, he didn't have that great um, a start to the career. He was up and down, um, you know, in, in Indianapolis. But, you know, if you if you take a guy who you think, you know, could have potential and could have something um, that could help and, and has that experience, like you said, like that. So, you know, you have something uh, rather than just trying to guess. And and here's something where here's a guy where, um, you know, he might not be a starter, but he might be, you know, who knows? Like, and, and like I said before, you don't need to have a guy like, Bryce Hall start right away if he's not ready, if he's not healthy. Um, and, and that competition, again, is going to be something to watch. Like, you know, bless Austin. I think at the end of last season, um, in that last game, because he had struggled uh, on, uh, you know, a couple of plays and he got pulled out, I think um, people forget that, you know, he, he wasn't bad, you know, for a couple of games there where there, there was potential, you know, and he was coming off an injury and, um, you know, for one, you're just happy to be playing last season because that was uncertain. And then he goes out and, and he handled himself well. And Arthur Millette, he's a, he's a strong, he's a physical guy, a physical corner. He showed some things. Now, are these guys number ones? Not necessarily and probably not, but um, they ha- they're pieces, you know. And, and I think this is a lot more than the Jets had at this time last year because now a lot of these guys who got – so much playing time last year um, and we're pushed into those positions and we could talk about um, guys at linebacker, especially, but uh, they, they're now, they know they have some depth 
You know, they know they have pieces, guys that can come in and step in who have experience, who can who can go in there and play rather than having guys who don't necessarily have experience and they don't know if they can really play the position and they're coming off injury and that kind of thing, which we saw last year. So, so I think, again, big picture, they're just trying to, like, build, you know, build and have these pieces in there. And, and I think they have a lot of those. And we'll see next year. I, Scott, I, I think next year at this time, it'll be a different story the, regardless of whether you, you think the coach will be back or whatever. But I think the roster itself, I think um, that's where with the cap carryover and all that, that's where they'll be able to, to kind of really take that next step, um, you know, with, with the roster and, and really even build on what they, what Joe Douglas will be able to build on what he started here in his first full off season. That's going to wrap up part one of our two-part 2020 Jets off-season review with Dennis Wozak Jr. of the Associated Press. Tomorrow we'll get into free agency and his thoughts on Joe Douglas' first off-season and what you should expect reasonably from both Sam Darnold and Adam Gase in 2020. In the meantime, make sure that you're following Dennis on Twitter at DWAZ73. Read his work in the Associated Press. If you haven't given us a five-star review on iTunes yet, if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd really appreciate it. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. It doesn't take you much time. It doesn't cost you any money. But if you could do that for us, we would be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and TurnOnTheJets.com.